Hello and welcome to episode 202 of the Samuel and Manuel Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sam Reimer. And I'm a Manny Manuel. We've talked about this in weeks past, but Manny, this is really one for us. Yes. <laughs> this is uh, all of the other stuff, all of the reviews. Those are all great episodes. We have a lot of fun yes. doing them and they're popular. Yes. This one's for us. This is for us. <laughs> so the Oscars was this past weekend. Yes. Uh, and the Academy put on their little ceremony, yeah. you know, that it's so cute that they think it's that important. Uh-huh. Uh, the, you know, rewarding what they think are the best performances of the year, best movies of the year, etc. Um, but as we all know, we save the most important awards ceremonies for last. Yes. Uh, which is why the fifth annual Sampas, the Samuel and Manuel Movie Podcast Awards, they come after the Oscars. Yes. So uh, today we will be going over the 2021 year in film, giving out some awards of our own. Uh, we'll be touching on some of the same categories that the Academy touches on, and we'll be telling you which the actual best performances of the year are. Uh, but we're also going to be touching on a bunch of other stuff, um, best scenes of the year, biggest disappointment, and a bunch of other categories in between. We have a lot of fun doing these. Yes, we do. <laughs> and this is uh, sort of, I guess, the third and final every year like year wrap up yeah really for us like after after this 2021 is officially wrapped up it yes. is it is has a neat little bow on it it's time to move forward agreed we have our 52 in review where we talk about the podcast um and all the movies that we reviewed yeah. we have our top 10 of the year obviously sampa's let's bring it home it's uh it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah. um i guess oh, i just want a, a, a slight correction sure because we added in the Oscar recap show now. Yeah, that's true. Actually, so we have so four episodes. Four episodes that kind of summarize 2021. That's a, that's a great point. Normally, we since um, these are sort of our answer to the Oscars, we'll sort of include an Oscars recap tied onto the beginning. We made the decision this year to record an episode separate. Yeah. So um, be on the lookout for that. If you're here looking for the Oscars, the, uh, the review of the 94th Academy Awards, uh, that's actually in a different episode. We've already released it at the time that yep. this will be coming out. So there you have it. <laughs> awesome. So we are talking about the year 2021. We have some awards that we're going to give out. And because we're talking about the year 2021, it is an odd-numbered year. So Sam will be leading the dance by revealing his nominations. Mm -hmm. Then I will reveal mine. And then we will reveal our winners in that same order. Sounds good to me. We have – I I forgot to check, Sam, but Mm -hmm. how many awards do we have? Uh, I believe we have 12. 12? That's what I had listed last year. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. You are correct. We have twelve awards we're giving out. Sam, what's the over under? I'm so glad you. Brought, I was actually the, gonna bring this up on the too. shared winners. So last year I set the over under at three and a half, yeah. which proved to be I think quite high. I think you chose the under, and pretty conclusively we landed on the under. Yeah. This year I'm against my better judgment. I am gonna leave it at three and a half. Okay. And what are you taking? Um, I think <coughs> I'm gonna take the over. Interesting. I think I'm going to take the over. All right. I think we're going to have some shared stuff this year. Maybe that's not a great idea because the scenes and stuff are like almost guaranteed to not be the same one. But I don't know. There was at least one movie this year <laughs> that we both seemed to really like. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, <laughs> but you already have one guaranteed one <laughs> in your over under yeah exactly of the 12 that's that's why i'm, I'm kind of picking that but then again i knew that we had one last year too <clears throat> that I knew, is true i knew that we had one last year too so we'll, we'll see how it goes 
Uh, there is actually something new happening as well at the very end of this episode. That's true. We'll keep it as a surprise. Oh my god, I am so intrigued. Yes. Okay. But you know about it. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I'm pretending I don't. <laughs> oh, that's, well, actually, you don't, <laughs> right? You know about it. Yeah. You don't know the results. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Ooh, All right. Ooh, a little teaser. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, but before we go, uh, before we start, I should say, uh, how many films did you watch? Of 2021, Sam. So I mentioned in the top 10 of 2021 episode that I had seen 28. After that episode was recorded, I did go and watch King Richard before Mm -hmm. the Oscars. Uh, So 29 is my number this year. Nice. Uh, I'm still at 57. Yep. Still at 57. (sighs) Am I going to try and beat that this year? I mean, yeah, last year I set the goal of 30. And even though I didn't hit it, I'm quite happy with getting to 29, actually. That is good for you. Yeah, that's, that's... I think the most I've ever had. So are you gonna are you gonna aim for thirty? Uh am I gonna aim for thirty this year? Yeah, for twenty twenty two. Sure, we can we can set the goal at thirty. Okay. I'll then you know what? <laughs> Sounds bad. I'm gonna set mine for sixty. No, that's fine. Not that's great. Ju- I, as soon as I am like, oh, that's double him. No, I think it was. I think it was double. No, the last year it was thirty and fifty. Yeah. So, yeah. so I I I want to try and increase from the from the number I did this year, but without going too hard. Um, because I, we do have another miniseries <clears throat> starting soon, and my list for that is long. Oh, baby. So, we'll see. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know how many 2022s I've already watched. I, I know that I have at least, uh, I want to say, two under my belt. No, just one. I have one. one. That yeah. I have one that I know for sure. What? Well, I've got two. I have two. I've, well, I've got the Batman. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. And I sh- and I hopefully Deep Water counts as 2022. Oh, I think it does. I think you're correct. <clears throat> I yeah. don't have my letterbox handy. And, I'm pretty uh, sure. I'm pretty sure Deep Water's 2022. All right. The only one that I've seen is Studio 666. You haven't gone see Batman yet? No, I just said that. I haven't seen Batman yet. Holy, fuck. <laughs> holy fuck balls! Yeah, I gotta get on that. When are we going? Yeah. All right. That's a good question. All right. Make Tuesday a triple feature, like we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of movie watching. I don't know if I can do that. Uh, time-wise, I don't even think we can. We can't even make it work. No. 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 Well, fine anyways, time. okay. Our first. Sampa Award is biggest disappointment. Yep. Sam, what was your biggest disappointment last year? Last year, to your chagrin, <laughs> to your uh, to to your disappointment. Uh, <laughs> my d- biggest disappointment of 2020 was Mank. Yeah, a and movie I, that you really liked. Well, from that David hurt. Fincher. Completely understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine was I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah, I went in with pretty high expectations, and uh, they were not met. Uh, uh, we should also note, <clears throat> by the way, that some of these categories will have nominees, and you. some will not. This is one without nominees. We're just going to list our winner. Yep. Uh, Sam, tell me what your biggest disappointment is of 2021 there were a few i could have chosen from but given the sky high expectations that the mcu has set for me recently eternals was a real letdown as far as i'm concerned an mcu movie directed by academy award winning chloe zhao um was was really disappointing in my mind so that's my pick you know what's funny is that that actually should be my winner Mm -hmm. because if you recall I predicted that to be my number one or my favorite film of the year. Did you? I did. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. My most anticipated was Dune, and I anticipated the – I took the flyer. I said, there's a Marvel movie directed by Chloe Zhao. It's going to be my favorite exactly. film Exactly. Big, big hype. <clears throat> but that isn't what won for me. Okay. Mine was a movie I went in with 
because I was really excited about it because it had our boy at the helm. Aaron Sorkin wrote and directed a movie called Being the Ricardos. <clears throat> I was super pumped for another Aaron Sorkin film. After his last two, both Trial of Chicago 7 and Molly's Game were so incredibly entertaining. This did have... <coughs> Sorry, couldn't get to the mic. Did have his... No, it didn't even have his usual incredible dialogue. What it did have um, was two Academy... Well, three Academy Award-nominated performances uh, from Nicole Kidman, uh, Javier Bardem... Uh, and J.K. Simmons. Now, I don't think J.K. Simmons' performance was worthy of a nomination. I could understand why the other... Definitely understand why the other two got nominated, uh, but the movie just didn't live up to my expectations. So is it a bad film? No, I gave it a three, and I'll be flat out honest, I will definitely watch this again. But my expectations was that it was going to be a five. Like, it was going to be a, a movie that I was going to be ranting and raving about, and it is far from it. Mm-hmm. My biggest disappointment, 2021, Being the Ricardos. Which is a shame. I do want to see Being the Ricardos, but I think I will probably watch Molly's Game first because I still haven't seen it somehow. I still haven't seen it, and I apologize. <laughs> Should have picked that for your movie, many movie club. Game. Yeah, but there's, I mean, so many, so many. You picked a good one. <laughs> I really did. <clears throat> All right, next up. One of the many incredibly fun categories we have. Best comedy scene sam do you recall what you picked as your winner last year last year uh we both picked scenes from the same movie uh but different scenes i picked uh the you get one sentence scene from palm springs and i picked the uh time hijinks montage i think is that how is that what i was calling it uh you called it uh i i have it written down as niles and sarah montage in the time loop yeah i don't know Whatever they were, yeah, time hygiene yeah. montage. God, I gotta fucking rewatch Palm Springs. It's been like six months since I've seen it. <laughs> That's too long, goddamn. It's an I hour agree. and a half long, and it's on Prime. All uh, right, what do you got this year? This year, for best comedy scene, the nominees are Welcome to the Internet from Bo Burnham Inside, Yelena's Vest Has Pockets, Black <laughs> Widow, Ruby's Parents Pick Her Up from School, Coda. Oh, the gangster rap scene. Yeah, the gangster rap scene. Frank has a talk with Miles, the put your helmet on or put a helmet on your soldier from Coda. Nice. The Statue of Liberty conversation, Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh. That's a good one. Wait. Yeah. I that could have either been comedic or dramatic. I decided to put it in comedic cuz there's some really good laughs in there. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. My nominees for best comedic scene are Black Widow Yelena and the hero pose. Ah, okay. That was that was the short list for me. Because it also throws in that little jab about how Thor doesn't need Tylenol. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, Coda. Uh, the parents caught having sex and the uh, the safe sex discussion afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, free guy. The cameo. That's all I'll say. Right, yeah, because you've teased this to me before and I haven't seen the movie. So. Yeah. Uh, it's the only good party. Yeah. Not really. Um, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Web Shooters. Yeah, okay. You guys can't do that? <laughs> <laughs> Did that just come out of you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and lastly, Suicide Squad, 
Bloodsport versus Peacemaker. Peace. Bloodsport versus Peacemaker. Killing spree. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. No, it's pretty good. Okay. Suicide Squad or The Suicide Squad? I can't remember which one's called which. Yeah. Oh, this one's called The Suicide Squad. If you want to just have some fun, this is something. I've heard you should... it's good. I've it, heard it's good. It is. Which is so weird. Flat out. Yeah. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. The, it's James Gunn. Yeah, that's true. It's flat out a lot of fun. Hundred percent. Okay. Sam, your favorite comedic scene is frank has a talk with miles put a helmet on your soldier coda sam we have the same winner yeah <laughs> that's one <laughs> that's one baby <laughs> uh, that scene is uh fucking hilarious yeah that that was the hardest belly laugh that i had all year for sure yeah, God, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny because, I mean, in the context of that scene, Miles doesn't even really understand what's going on. Like, but he kind of has the idea yeah. of it. He doesn't understand the specifics, but he knows what exactly is happening. Yes. <laughs> well, that's a good. That's a good one. Oh. All right. Next up is another category: no nominations. This is our guilty pleasure of the year, and we did set a little bit of criteria. Yeah. To be eligible. This movie has to have a meta score below 60. Yeah. I'd like to point out, I think that is sort of a loose, that's like a guideline, let's say. Because yeah. last year, uh, since we're getting into previous winners, last year I chose Straight Up. Straight Up does have a meta score of 66, or at least at the time that uh, we recorded that episode, it yeah. did. So that is a little bit above our threshold, but I want to pick a movie that I actually like yes. for this one. Yeah. Right? So I, uh, I, so. It may or may not. It, it'll be around 60, let's say. Hopefully yeah. below. But. Hopefully below. Yeah. Um, No nominations. Mm -hmm. Sam, your winner last year was? Last year was straight up. Yep. Uh, mine was Extraction. Mm -hmm. I didn't grab my Metascore for it, though. I didn't either. All right. No worries. Yep. Uh, Why don't you reveal mm -hmm. your winner for Guilty Pleasure of the Year? Yeah. So I know we said we're not going to do nominees for this one, but I just want to walk through why mine is what it is okay. so at first i wanted to do 8-bit christmas because that was a great movie but um but you know i would consider that borderline guilty pleasure territory okay. but again metascore of 66 so i thought maybe i can go for something lower um another one that i actually considered um i do actually consider to be a guilty pleasure but it has a metascore of 90 it's licorice pizza <laughs> so it's a movie that i don't like that I like because I disagree with some of the things that it's saying, but it's not my pick because it has such a goddamn high meta score. It just doesn't fit the category. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that leaves me with the true definition, which was my favorite movie of the year, which has a meta score below 60. And that's Don't Look Up, which has a meta score of 49. Um, I gave it a three. It certainly has its problems, but I overall had a good time with it. Manny, I know you didn't particularly like this one. Um, it is, I, I can't even remember where I had it in my rankings. I watched 29 movies this year. I want to say I had this probably 16th or 17th. Um, yeah, so it certainly has its problems, but I, I liked it at least. What so. was the meta score on that? 49. And it got nominated for Best Picture. That movie's fucking trash. Man, it's okay. No. <laughs> it's not okay. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's not fine. <laughs> that movie bothered me. Yeah, I know it don't, did. Don't Look Up is the new Bohemian Rhapsody. 
that was a great uh we forgot to talk about that uh joke in the opening monologue in the oscars that apparently the oscars voters don't look up reviews yes yes <laughs> great great one by the way don't look up number 18 on my on your list in my rank i have all of the movies that i watched in 2021 ranked and it's number 18 of oh, 29 that's fucking awesome yeah that must have been fun yeah damn it <laughs> rank 57 movies 57? yeah uh, i kind of ranked them as i went along this year it's fair yeah so that's kind of how i achieved that cool <clears throat> my movie my winner is a movie that is actually good and the reason i can say that it's actually good is because it was my number eight film of the year the tender bar right okay uh metascore of 53 a true guilty pleasure yeah in that case a true guilty pleasure yeah uh <clears throat> in all honesty i don't know why this movie would have gotten such a low score mm -hmm. it's not that it's a bad film i don't know maybe it's just some hatred towards Clooney's filmmaking who knows either way i had a lot of fun watching this movie ben affleck charming the pants off me affleck climbing up the charts trying to overtake costner as my number one man crush and uh, doing a good job. Uh, I have a lot of fun watching The Tender Bar. It just reminds me of a show uh, called The Wonder Years. Um, it's just a, a really, a movie I watch that just filled me with joy as I watched it. And it is my guilty pleasure of the year. Cool. Yeah, that's a good pick. Next up. Worst film of the year. Nominees are allowed. Yeah, if you have them. Last year I didn't. This year I do. <laughs> this year I definitely have some nominees. Uh, what won last year? Last year, uh, I didn't watch... I didn't give a single movie a two or a one last year. Do you I remember that? I do remember that. In 2020, I did not give a, a single movie a two or a one. So my worst film of the year was a movie I kind of liked, which was The King of Staten Island. Gave it a three. My worst film of the year last year was The Wrong Missy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Netflix film starring David Spade. Oh, well, that's all That's all you need to know, really. Yeah. What inspired you to watch The Wrong Missy? You know what's funny is you asked me this on last year's episode as well. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, what it was is that it the trailer for it was one of the trailers that just start up when you load up Netflix. Yeah. And I got caught watching it. And I remember seeing it. I'm like, there were some moments that were actually funny in the trailer. And I was like, okay. I'm like, this could be a surprise enjoyment, like a three, mm -hmm. like something I'm like, oh, this was fun, or it's going to be a complete train wreck, and it was a complete train wreck. There it, it was, is. It was, it was rough. It was rough. Um, so I took a chance, um, and uh, uh, I, I paid the price. I mm -hmm. paid the price. I paid the price. <laughs> Sam, your nominees for Worst Film of the Year. The nominees are Bad Trip. Ooh. The Card Counter, Death to 2021, Friend Zone, Home Sweet Home Alone. Sam, I've seen none of those movies. And God help you if you have. And the only one that I actually wanted to see was The Card Counter. Now, that movie's getting good reviews. It's, it's getting, getting really good reviews. It's getting good reviews, and I don't fucking get it. Um. Oh, hold on. I just want to quickly check something because... There was a late edition 
to uh, the top 10 list. Oh. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. I think I see what you're getting at. Yeah. The, the card counter is one that was actually in contention for my biggest disappointment of the year. Mm-hmm. I didn't have super high expectations for it, though, which is why it didn't win. But it almost won my biggest disappointment because it's a movie with Oscar Isaac by a talented director about poker. Yeah. And I'm a fucking poker fanatic. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm here for it. Let's go. And yeah. I just did not get it. I just didn't get it. Uh, what I wanted to quickly double check that I and I just confirmed is one of your nominees for worst film, Bad Trip, made T Bone's top ten list. Just a garbage film. Yeah, his, just a garbage film. Well, he's a garbage guy. <laughs> oh, there you go. So there you go. Uh, my nominees for worst film of the year are Army of the Dead. Don't look up. Don't look up in the bottom five of fifty-seven. You're goddamn <laughs> right. Wow. Uh, good on paper. Red notice. The woman in the window. I've seen one of those. You have? Yeah. Which one have you seen? I've seen good on paper. I think the one with uh, Nicole Schlesinger. Yeah. Was... Is that a is that a 2021? Yeah. I hit 30, Manny. I hit my goal. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't put it on. No, I haven't included the. Holy shit! I can't believe. How did I miss this? I didn't, I didn't consider this for anything. I mean, not that it was going to make my top 10 anyway. I don't think it would have reached my top five worst either. It wasn't good. <laughs> Definitely wasn't good. Uh, but yeah, that's so funny. I was just like, I'm stunned that I missed that. Yeah. I hit 30 movies, Manny. Look at me go. Look at you. <laughs> Cheater McSqueeter. Uh, <laughs> Sam, what film is going to take home the belt, the championship, the coveted worst film of the year. Well, I'm delighted to inform you, Manny, that uh, the worst film of the year is one that T-Bone had in his top 10. <laughs> Bad Trip was just a supremely unenjoyable experience for me. Um, <laughs> I have the IMDb description here. It has a 61 Metascore. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, this mix of a scripted buddy comedy road movie and a real hidden camera prank show follows the outrageous misadventures of two buds stuck in a rut who embark on a cross-country road trip in, to New York City. The storyline sets up shocking real pranks. This movie is an affront to everything I believe the as a human front. being. This movie is offensive to me as both a fan of film and a human being. And I hope to never have to think about this movie ever again. That's my review. There's a scene in a zoo that just, you know, when they were filming it, they were like, this is the comedy set piece. They put it like right at the end of the second act. They're like, this is the, this is the big laugh out loud gut busting moment. And I have never had such a straight face in my entire life. It is just so incredibly unfunny. I feel bad for everybody involved. I never really watched Eric Andre's show. I'm familiar with his shtick. Mm-hmm. The uh, the secondhand embarrassment cringe comedy is not... It's not something I'm opposed to as a rule. I like The Office, for instance, and The Office uses a lot of that. But this is just... It's just not for me. It's really not for me. Power to it if you like this movie. Comedy is very, very subjective. I found this to be very unpleasant. Not just... Not enjoyable, but actively bad. So there it is. I just had to check on something. Okay. My worst film of the year has a higher meta score than my guilty pleasure. Whoa. My worst film of the year is the 30th film of your collection, 
good on paper. Yeah, not a good movie, hey? Oh, I fucking hated it. I don't think it would have actually made my candidates. I think all five of the movies I listed are worse than good on paper, but it's not good. It's not a good movie. It was it was it was difficult to get through. Yeah. It was really really bad. The co-lead uh Christopher Nicholas Smith mm-hmm. um was excruciating to experience. Yeah, and you know what? I think I think we talked about this movie when it actually we when, when we watched it. We did. Like part of this movie, part of relating to the protagonist here. So if you haven't seen the movie, uh, first of all, don't. And please don't. Second of all, it's about a girl who meets a guy who's good on paper, but turns out to secretly be I can't even remember what, just like a psychopath or like a liar not, or something. A liar. He's not a psychopath. Yeah, but he's like a fucking liar. He's, uh, he's a pathological liar. Yes. Yeah. He like lies about being like a successful like finance exec or something yep. like that, but he's actually like unemployed. Anyway, uh the movie your relationship to the protagonist need they need to make smart decisions and you need to be able to relate to them that way even if it's the wrong decision they need to at least have a reason for doing it the person who is the liar the person who is good on paper in this movie is so obviously shitty yes right from the beginning that you're just you do not relate to anybody in this movie like this person is a fucking loser yeah and they do a really good job of showing you that, but they shouldn't. They should make you think he's a good guy first. Yes. So that was that was my main problem with it the movie. It was fucking horrible. I remember, I, I vaguely remember laughing at something, but I can't for the life of me tell you what it was. I can't remember laughing. Yeah. I, but I, I must have, I must have found something in there because it did get a two. I didn't give out any ones this year. Did I? I must, no, I couldn't have because I would have won. It would have won. I had a bunch of twos. Only three of mine had ones. Three of my five noms had ones. You gave out three ones. Hey? I gave out three ones God to damn. Home Sweet Home Alone, Friend Zone, and Bad Trip. Damn. Yeah. Well, let's go from worst to best. Best dramatic scene. Mm-hmm. Your winner last year was? Last year, best dramatic <clears throat> scene for Sam was Ruben tells Joe that he went through surgery. Sound of Metal. Or went through with surgery, sorry, is what that should say. Yeah. Great scene. Yeah, that's a great fucking scene. great dramatic scene. Manny, what'd you have? My hat mine was from Boy State, the final election results. That was that was, I think that was my nominee one of my nominees last year. Yes. Great fucking moment. What are your nominees for best dramatic scene this year, Sammy Boy? Best dramatic scene. Ruby sings for her dad, Coda. The concert, Coda. The Gom Jabar. That's the hand in the box scene. Oh, from, from Dune. shit. Yeah. The ending to Power of the Dog. Oh, damn. <laughs> and maybe a bit of a surprise one here. Tony and Riff's conversation in the basement. The I don't like them and they don't like me from West Side Story. Oh, Samuel. Well <laughs> done, sir. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> All right. My nominees for best dramatic scene are from Coda. Ruby sings for her dad. From Coda, Ruby's audition at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Same as yours. Yeah. From Mass, Gail's forgiveness scene. <sighs> I need to watch that still. From Mass, Jay's recounting of the murder. And from Spider-Man No Way Home, Spidey saves MJ. Oh, that's great. That's I'm really glad that... That did cross my mind, but I decided against it. I'm glad you included it. Thank you. Sam, what is your winner 
for best dramatic scene? I think we have the same movie, but not the same scene here. Interesting. I chose Ruby Sings for her dad. I knew it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I knew you knew it. I think... Tell me why I, you picked that as your winner. Uh, I chose Ruby Sings for her dad because... Um, we are actually going to be releasing uh, an episode on Coda here as well, so be on the lookout for that. So if you want the full thoughts on it, you can definitely tune in there. Um, but this scene is just the culmination of a long journey for the character of Ruby, who feels like such a black sheep in her family. And this moment of connection between her and her father has brought me to tears both times that I've watched the movie. So uh, that's why Ruby Sings for Her Dad is is my personal favorite. It's I, It's the most emotionally resonant moment in the movie for me. My winner for best dramatic scene is the scene that is four for four in making me cry. I've seen it four times. I've cried four times. It's Ruby's audition at Berkeley. I thought so. (laughs) The movie is powerful, touching, heartwarming, uplifting, and just a... (laughs) The worst thing is, is that... This scene takes place less than five minutes after the scene you just said. Yeah, so I'm still crying. You're still crying. <laughs> I haven't even stopped. There's still tears coming. And yes. then this scene comes up. <laughs> um, like my co-host said, we have uh, a Coda episode, uh, which is funny, which we haven't recorded yet, but will be out before you hear this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you want to hear our thoughts in depth on those scenes... Uh, tune into that episode as uh, we will be going quite long and looking at the time we should probably get going. Oh boy. <clears throat> Next up. The most infamous category. Yes, infamous. I love that. In the history of the Sampas. Yeah, and the that Bats is Award. The <laughs> Bats Memorial <laughs> Best Villain Award. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sam, who was your best villain in 2020? In 2020, I had Judge Julius Hoffman from The Trial of the Chicago 7, who was a real human being. Played by? Uh, Frank Langella. Yes. I didn't have it written down, so I had to remember. (laughs) And my best villain... Was actually a real human being. A real human being (laughs) named Ben Feinstein from Boy State. A documentary. (laughs) A documentary. Sam, who are your nominees for Best Villain of 2021? Man, there were some fun ones this year. I'm really excited for this category right now. This is always a fun one. My, oh shit, I just realized this isn't alphabetized, but that's okay. I can do it on the spot, hopefully. Uh, My nominees are Vladimir Harkonnen from Dune. uh, Pal from Mitchells vs. the Machines. Phil Burbank from The Power of the Dog. Zhu Wenwu. From Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And Green Goblin from Spider-Man No Way Home. I think that was alphabetical by movie. I think we got it. All right. (laughs) Uh, As with any uh, acting performance, mine are alphabetical by the actor's name. Damn it. So first up for me is... But the villain is the character. So it should be by movie, right? No. What? Okay, whatever. Think about the Oscars. The Oscars are awarding performances. These are performances. The, the category is called Best Villain. <laughs> Performed by somebody. Mm, I don't know. We're going to have to agree, agree to disagree on this one. <laughs> Whatever you want, my friend. Uh, first up is uh, Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborn, uh, Green Goblin, in Spider-Man No Way Home. 
Adam Driver as Jacques Legree in The Last Duel. Idris Elba as Rufus Buck in The Harder They Fall. Uh, Tony Leung as Wen Wu, Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings. And Emma Thompson as the Baroness in Cruella. Nice. Sam, who's taking home the Bats Memorial Best Villain Award? He has the benefit of having already been in a movie portraying this character. It's Mr. Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin, Spider-Man No Way Home. What a spectacular portrayal this was. Uh, dare I say, even better than the first time he did it in 2001. Thank you, Manny, for the assist. Um, yeah, even better than the first time. Ups the menace, ups everything. He's basically playing two different characters, and uh, he does a really good job transitioning between the two. It's a fucking awesome villain. Well done. I concur. It's a fantastic performance by Willem Dafoe, and he definitely does everything you said. He ups the menace. He ups the creepiness. He is playing two characters, and even though he knows he's playing two characters, it is a masterful performance from William Defoe. It is not my winner. My winner is Idris Elba as Rufus Buck in The Harder They Fall. Idris Elba plays the fucking coolest cat, but the most vicious killer that the Wild West has seen in a long time. He is calculating menacing but so fucking cool when he does it and you get those sweet baritone voice of Idris Elba speaking this incredibly great dialogue Rufus Buck is my best villain of 2021 nice good pick next up best vocal performance motion capture can be included okay all right. I don't think I had anyone motion capture even really being considered, but maybe I should have. We shared a winner last year. We did. Mr. Uh, Jamie Foxx. As Joe in Soul. Yeah. Because last year was not a great year mm -mm. for vocal performances. We had to stretch. We really did. Was last year... No, I think even the year prior, actually, I had like three from Toy Story 4. Like there was just a bunch shared from the same movies. Yeah. Yeah, I even felt like I had to stretch a little bit this year, honestly. Which is funny because this is actually a really great year for animation, mm -hmm. but I didn't feel that there was a lot of really standouts in vocal performances. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you. Uh, I had to st I had to stretch a little bit, but what I did find is that I found some uh, performances that I actually enjoyed. Samuel, your nominees for best vocal performance are best vocal performance nominees. Bo Burnham as Socko in Bo Burnham Inside. That's fucked up. <laughs> Stephanie Beatriz, Mirabelle, Encanto. Nice. Jacob Tremblay, Luca. Luca. All right. Danny McBride, Rick Mitchell. Mitchell versus the machine. Mitchells versus the machines, excuse okay. me. And Olivia Coleman as Pal. Mitchells versus the machines. All right. All right. My nominees are Aquafina as Sisu, Raya and the Last Dragon. Didn't see it. Maria Cecilia Botero as Abuela Alma in Encanto. Good pick. Olivia Coleman as Pal, Mitchells versus the Machines. Abby Jacobson as Katie, Mitchells versus yeah, the Machines. Yeah, good pick. And Tim Minchin 
as Pretty Boy in Back to the Outback. Oh, I've never heard of that. Neither had I until Maya's like, we should watch this movie. <laughs> and I was like, it's not usually a good sign when you pick something. And it was surprisingly good. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Sam, who's going to win your best vocal performance in 2021? My best vocal performance, Manny, is actually the only technically live-action person ever nominated for this category. Uh, it's a sock puppet named Socko from Bo Burnham's Inside. Burnham. Socko. Socko. <laughs> Wait, wasn't Socko the name of the sock that mankind had? Maybe. I don't know. I'm almost positive. You're you're a better judge of that than I. I'm almost positive. Mm-hmm. I'm sure... Uh, so Bo Burnham's a fucking thief. Maybe. I'm disqualifying Inter- him from this! Yeah, well, l- luckily you're not the only one running the show here. <laughs> uh, shout out to Jordan and Wes, who I'm sure appreciate the Socko pick. I'm sure yeah. they're they're pumping their fist right now. I'm just going to really... I'm almost... I just... I do want to check that. Yeah. Mankind. Oh, you're looking up... Uh, so, Mankind, if you're going to have to refresh my memory, this is a WWF reference, correct? E. WWE. Okay, so this is after this is after WWF. Okay, so there is a slight difference. Okay, he's Mr. Socko. Wow. Obviously, his dad. Yeah, exactly. Please, Mr. Socko is my father. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just call me Socko. So I was right. I, I was yeah. I was recalling it. All right, All right. cool. Uh, my winner is Oscar winner Olivia Coleman as Pal. From Mitchell's versus Oscar Michigan's. winner and 2021 Oscar nominee, but more importantly, 2021 Sampo winner. Yes, Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman, you may now retire. Yeah. <laughs> now, now she can really say she has everything on her mantle. Yeah, uh, I really loved uh, her performance as Pal. Uh, the Mitchell's versus Machines was such a surprisingly entertaining movie. Yeah, it, it surprised both of us. Yeah, honestly, uh, I had a really great time. Uh, I. Danny McBride was my last cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to keep him on, but I really wanted to keep on Abby Jacobson as Katie. Uh, I think I think Katie was my last cut. Yeah, so. uh, I had a really great time with all of these. Uh, I did. I put Abuela Alma on from Encanto because I, the mother carried a lot of uh, like the Abuela, the grandmother. Sorry, carried a lot of emotional weight in that movie. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, Olivia Coleman is pal. Uh, absolutely. A, a, a she joy. was one of the funnier characters in that movie. She did a really good job of portraying sort of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The like the simmering under the surface like frustration. Like she's a, she's a machine. Yeah. <laughs> but she's has this like kind of resentment. That's the word I'm looking yes. for. She has this resentment in her, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, I chose Sako. It's a it's a small part. Honestly, Sako is only in one song, but it's the song called "How the World Works," okay. where Bo Burnham is doing like a like a kids song, and uh, he's singing about how the world works, and he brings out his friend Sako to help to help sing it with him, and it becomes very dark and bleak and right. <laughs> and very uh, it's a pretty funny song. All right. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Next up, best action scene. Sam, I actually forgot to write. I know the film that won. I just can't remember the scene you chose. Yeah, I had the Freeport heist slash inverted battle from Tenet. Uh, You, uh, I have not seen this movie still. Uh, I just have the extraction from Extraction in in there. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I really want to revisit Tenet. I really, really do. Yeah, it was my last cut for my top 10 that year. It uh, made my top 10, but it didn't make 
the re top ten. Yeah, yeah, it got bumped off. Yeah. upon uh, reflection. Yeah, um, I don't know. I honestly don't know if it would make it. I can't even remember what my number ten was that year. Um, I remember thinking that after Tenet, everything just like dropped off really quickly. Mm. Like, the the quality of movies in 2020 was not really there. Um, but yeah, 2021 nominees for best action scene. Let's uh, let's do this thing. What you got for me? The opening riot, Belfast. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Good one. Sandworms swallowing the harvester, Dune. Delightful. Rescue from Pal Labs, Mitchells vs. the Machines. Oh, excellent. Bus fight, Shang-Chi. Nice. And the Statue of Liberty fight, Spider-Man No Way Home. All right. All right. My nominees for best action scene are from Gunpowder Milkshake, the dentist office fight. From The Harder They Fall, Breaking Out Rufus Buck. From The Last Duel, The Last Duel. Whoa. So from, you're just picking the whole movie? Yeah. <laughs> just like you did with Extraction? Yeah. From, from Shang-Chi, The Skyscraper Fight. Oh, okay. From The Suicide Squad, Bloodsport versus Peacemaker Killing Competition. And yes, that's the same scene I nominated for Best Comedy as well. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I think we have no overlap in there as far as the specific scenes, but we do have one movie overlap, Shang-Chi. Correct. Yeah. Hmm. Sam, your winner for Best Action Scene. I have the most beautiful spectacle I saw on, scene all, on screen all year, which is the sandworm swallowing the harvester from Dune. That was my last cut. Yeah. And, oh, sorry, not Sandstorm, Sandworm. Um, I love that scene. And I, in all honesty, I bet you it would have made my list if I'd rewatched Dune recently. Mm -hmm. But my winner is the action scene that blew me away and had me believing that this was going to be one of the great films in its genre and that Shang-Chi skyscraper fight. I loved it. This follows up the bus fight scene and follows up a great little fight scene inside the cage. Fuck. Yeah. This was a great looking movie. <clears throat> this was, this movie, like I said, the first two thirds of this movie, I'm like, this is going to be top 10 MCU. Mm -hmm. and, and then it wasn't. <laughs> then it went off the rails. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Shang-Chi skyscraper fight, so beautifully shot. Uh, I'm also including kind of like the silhouette fight that he has with the trainer guy at the end yeah, of it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Throwing that in there as well for a little visual uh, tastiness. What's the cinematographer's name? Pope? I can't remember. Uh, no, uh, what's his name? I can't remember. I'm going to have to look that up. Okay. But yeah, the skyscraper fight for me is my uh, favorite action scene of the year. And what a pick it is funny i i may have to revisit that simply because i have in my head the bus fight scene is like the big action set piece but the bus fight scene is so like it oh it didn't make my nominees um bill pope by the way cinematographer bill pope. in my mind I'm like james pope that's yeah, i almost said alexander pope but that's a poet yeah <laughs> um the best action scene uh, is so always so much fun there were some really great ones in there i like it took everything for me not to put on the Spider-Man Statue of Liberty, but I I wanted to I wanted to try and squeeze in some other ones. Yeah, that's fair. Awesome. Next up, 
best male performance. Now, unlike pretty much every other award show out there who decide that we got to split up, lead and act, lead and supporting. We're not about that. We don't do that. This is just five nominees for best male performance, lead performance, supporting performance, background performance if you think it's worthy. Either way. The world is your oyster. Yeah. It's best male performance. Who won your best male performance Sampa last year? Last year, I had uh, this year's winner of the Oscar for uh, best live action short. Correct. Mr. Riz Ahmed for uh, his performance as Ruben in The Sound of Metal. And my winner was Delroy Lindo in The Five Bloods. Which I was surprised to rediscover. I was surprised to find that was that. Maybe I shouldn't be, but that performance didn't last with me the way that it apparently did with you. I When I watched The Five Bloods, I called my shot like I did with Will Smith this year. I'm mm. like, I just watched the best best lead actor performance, mm. and he didn't even get nominated. Wah, wah. Yeah, well, I can't be perfect all the time. Yeah. In fact, I pretty rarely am, which reminds me I have to sit down, see if I can go four for four my MLB prediction. Oof. Yeah. Anyways. Jays are a trendy pick, I hear. <laughs> I'm not picking the Jays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you would have that in you. <laughs> and if, if I thought the Jays had, were the favorite to win, I might pick them. Honestly, I don't know what would win out in your mind. Your need to be right or your hatred for the Jays. <laughs> I don't have a hatred for the Jays. Hatred for Jays fans? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there up? you go. Good talking to you. Let me rephrase. Oh. My hatred for casual Jays fans. Okay, that's 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 all yeah. I had to say. Fairweather fans in general, really. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways, your nominees for best male performance are the 2021 nominees for best male performance, Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham's inside. Holy shit balls! This is off the rails. <laughs> Troy Kotzer, Coda. Holy fuck. Will Smith. No, Will. Stop. Stop right there. I'm just. I'm saying a good thing about you. Don't worry. Uh, Richard Williams, <laughs> King Richard. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch as Phil Burbank, Power of the Dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tom Holland as Peter One in Spider Man. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So Sam. I decided to try something different. Oh God! This year, yeah, my I'm best. off the rails. No, yeah, <laughs> trust me. When you see this, you're gonna be like, you went off the rails. Okay. So I wanted to try to highlight other performances. So for best male performance and best female performances, if they were nominated for an Oscar, oh God, I didn't include them. These are all people that were not nominated. For I'm, awards. I'm just going to go ahead and erase what I have written down for your best male performance. Okay, okay. go ahead. Well, did you have somebody in mind? I, I do. Okay. I thought I had someone that you were going to pick. Okay, who did you think I was going to I pick? thought you were going to go Troy Kotzer. Okay. If I included... Oh, probably it might have been. Would have been between him and Will. Yeah. Okay. So, my nominees for best male performance are Ben Affleck as Uncle Charlie in The Tender Bar. You slut. <laughs> Idris Elba as Rufus Buck, the harder they fall. Mike Feist as Riff, West Side Story. Good. Andrew Garfield, Spider Man, Spider Man No Way Home. And Jason Isaacs as Jay, Mass. Hmm. Okay. I I like that you decided to do that. Actually, that means we don't have a lot of overlap. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Manny, my pick for best male performance is the guy who won the gold hardware too. It's Troy Kotzer. I love that performance way too much. I love it. Um, he probably would have been my winner. Yeah, which had... is why I picked the over. I uh, know, <laughs> which is fantastic. But hopefully, my selection for best male performance will ease the pain a bit because it's Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man in Spider-Man No Way. Sweet. I love that pick. Thank you. It's funny. I picked Tom Holland, but you know what? Andrew Garfield could have very well been there as well. Yeah. Which leads us to best. You know what? Hold on. (coughs) Sorry. Sorry for the cough. We actually didn't touch too much. I know that we're going to be talking about CODA, but some people might not listen to that episode. Do you want to explain to them why you're picking Troy Kotzer? Yeah, so uh, Troy Kotzer's role in CODA is as the protagonist's dad. Uh, He is the deaf patriarch of uh, the Rossi family. And uh, he has... He's such a loving and warm character. And as a deaf person, a lot of the performance needs to come from uh, facial expressions and gestures. And it's something... That he is, I mean, he's obviously lived his whole life as a deaf man, so, you know, his ability to communicate using facial facial gestures and hand gestures is certainly nothing new to him. But um, there are some moments in the movie where he is just, the emotion on his face matches uh, the scene so well. And he knows exactly what's called for in every scene tonally. He understands all of the cues and what's required of him in every scene so well, and it works so great for him. Um on top of having some of the absolute most laugh-out-loud hilarious moments in a movie this year. So, uh, Troy Kotzer uh, was pretty easy, pretty easy uh, pick for me for Best Male Performance. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. Troy Kotzer is absolutely unreal in the movie Coda. Everything you said is is pitch perfect. His ability to express both um, through his eyes, his... um, his posture and the emotion that he is, for lack of a better word, emoting through his um, his ASL usage, is uh, just a sight to behold. He nails the comedic aspects really good. He completely blows away every scene where he's for, where he's not forced, where he's asked to be dramatic. Um, his Oscar win uh, is so incredibly worthy, and it's one of the most uh, heartwarming performances I've seen in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Garfield, for me, what I think I mentioned it in our top 10 uh, or not, but Andrew Garfield is my MVP of 2021. Um, His return uh, as Peter Parker, Spider-Man in Spider-Man No Way Home, his role, um, oh, I can't remember the character's name, in Tick, Tick, Boom, and his role in The Eyes of Tammy Faye as Jim Baker were all, in my opinion, pretty much Oscar worthy. Now, he did get nominated for Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, and obviously got a lot of, uh, mm, let's see, um, uh, I don't want to use, uh, not, uh, not critical praise, public, public appeal, um, for his role in Spider-Man. Uh, you have the name for the character. Jonathan Larson. I, I shouldn't call him a character cause he's a real person. Hmm. Um, and he was Oscar nominated, uh, for playing, uh, Mr. Larson in Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, Andrew Garfield reminded me on how excited I was when he originally was cast in Spider-Man, in The Amazing Spider-Man, and how upsetting it was uh, the movies that he was saddled to be a part of. So him coming into the MCU to work with writers who actually care about the character, his 
comedic timing with the other actors as well as an incredibly out of nowhere dramatic moment uh, really blew me away and it's one of the performances that I keep thinking about a lot this year hence my selection of him cool no I think that's a that's a fine pick awesome next up best female performance same deal as the male performances we're not bothering with defining supporting or lead we're just best female performance let's go who picked it up last year for you? Last year, I had Kristen Milotti, Sarah, Palm Springs. And my winner was Elizabeth Moss for The Invisible Man. Which I remember being like upset about <laughs> because it's a great pick yes. and I really wish that I made it. You too. mentioned, because I listened to the episode, you mentioned that Elizabeth Moss was the last cut of your nominees. Yeah, which is just, I can't believe she didn't. I, I must have had a really strong category last year because I can't imagine dropping her from the list. Sam, who are your nominees this year i have again probably not a lot of overlap because i had a lot of the oscar people in yeah. here judy dench belfast Anjane ellis or as orsine price and king richard mm-hmm. kirsten dunst in the power of the dog kristen stewart spencer and ariana debose west side story all of them oscar nominated yeah that, i think that's the first time that's ever happened yeah i usually try to include at least one other one in there but these were strong enough i think uh, none of mine were oscar so no overlap no overlap whatsoever <laughs> Uh, McKenna Grace as Phoebe in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Busters. Is the Ghostbusters word. Afterlife. Catherine Hunter as the Witches in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Didn't see it. Martha Plimpton, Gale, mm-hmm. Mass. Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova, the Black Widow. God, I can't believe I didn't put that on there. I'm really upset. <laughs> Charlize Theron. Because she has to make my list she every year. She has to. Legally, she's contractually obligated to make your list if yes. she's in a movie. She's the Meryl of the Sam. Yes. Yeah. I didn't see her in a movie this year. But she's on she's there. She's on my list. She starred in Fast 9. Haven't seen it, but she's nominated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Who's going off the rails now? <laughs> That's what I was contemplating at the beginning of the show. If I was going to continue tradition. Because she's made it every year. Respect. No, I have to respect it. Okay, I really good. do. That's what I was wondering. I was like, yeah. will he find it funny? I hope he does. Honestly, I, I'm kind of dumbfounded that I didn't put uh, Yelena on there. I can't believe I uh, I omitted her. That's a that's a goofy move on my part. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Sam, out of your five Oscar-nominated performances, hold on, and one Oscar-winning performance, who is your best female performance in 2021 it's boring to agree but ariana debose nice! really was spectacular oh that is spectacular I, she was one of the highlights of west side story and who would have thought in, in a role that i think was oscar winning in the first west side yep. story as well um this time won, won an oscar for the exact same role and uh man was it ever spectacular that is awesome yeah and i mean it's such a tough part it's such an emotionally complex character someone who's kind of torn between doing the right thing for her friend and being there for her friend yep and you know going with her her people and she's being asked to love a group of people who fucking hate her and she understandably makes some decisions that are a little more on the side of hate than on the side of love yeah and it's such an emotionally complex character who has one of the best songs in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I, this was a, again, a pretty easy pick for me. Even if I had included Florence Pugh on there, I'm pretty sure that Ariana DeBose would have still taken it. That's fair. That's a great pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. 
My winner. This was really tough. It was down to two people for me. But I went with my heart. My girlfriend wins. Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova wow. in Black Widow. You have the nerve to call her your girlfriend when you nominate Charlize for a movie you haven't seen. Nope. <laughs> I've got two. I always have two. Yeah. Charlize is number one. Florence is number two. What you happened can... to Lapita? <laughs> fucking fuck up. <laughs> Florence Pugh kicked her to the curb I guess with so. a fucking roundhouse from Yelena Belova. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Florence Pugh absolutely won me over in that movie. Yeah. She made me laugh. Uh, she had a couple dramatic moments, but she absolutely was so incredibly charming that Yelena Belova is in my top five favorite MCU characters right now. And with Captain with Captain America gone, she could easily become number one. Yeah, that's and honestly, I'm actually trying to think of who is number one. She actually might be number one. Like I, she was so much fucking fun. She was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yelena Belova, Florence Pugh, Black Widow. God, I'm kicking myself. <laughs> Can't believe I missed that one. That's good. All right. The 11th award of the evening. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. Best scene of the year. Last year, Sam, your winner? Last year was you get one sentence from Palm Springs. The uh, the climactic scene there at the end between Andy Samberg and Krista Malati. Manny. Your best scene of the year last year was the final vote results from Voice State. God, what a those two scenes, man! So good. Yeah, so very good. Yeah. So, part of this category is that the three scenes that have already won best comedy, best action, and best dramatic are automatically entered into the nomination, and we throw in two wild cards. Mm-hmm. The wild cards might be a comedic scene or dramatic scene or just somewhere where we didn't know where they fit mm-hmm. just because we want five nominees. So, Sam, your five nominees for best scene are? Welcome to the Internet, Bo Burnham Inside. Oh. Ruby sings for her dad, Coda. Frank has a talk with Miles, Coda. Sandworm swallowing the harvester, Dune. Statue of Liberty fight scene, Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I made a mistake here. Uh-oh. Nope. You forgot one? No, I just, I forgot I changed one winner and forgot to change it in my nominees here. Uh-huh. Which will be easy for me to fix right here. Boom. Technical difficulties. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> my nominees for best scene of the year are Coda, the parents caught having sex. Coda. Ruby's audition at Berkeley. King Richard, the final match. Mass, Gale's forgiveness scene. And Spider-Man No Way Home, Spidey Saves MJ. Sam, your winner for best scene of the year. Is Ruby Sings for Her Dad, Coda. (laughs) The scene that made me sob uncontrollably, and that is not an exaggeration. <laughs> that was a pretty easy one for me. Um, again, we're going to be talking about it in the movie Coda as well, but just a moment of connection in a movie that is so uh, does such a good job of portraying the disillusionment that Ruby feels. This genuine moment between her and her dad is so beautiful and so touching. 
We share the movie, but not the scene. Yeah, I already have it written down. <laughs> it's the audition, right? Ruby's audition at Berkeley <laughs> yeah. wrecks me every time, and it's the buildup. Uh, when I watched it uh, to prepare for the podcast we'll be recording after this, all I found myself doing is, as she's singing both sides now, a song I've always loved, mm-hmm. I watched her hands and waited for them to finally raise up uh, and wrecked me yeah. <laughs> Yep, in such a great way. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we're about to, but we haven't yet. I really just want to heap praise on Amelia mm-hmm. for her role as Ruby. Absolutely. Holy fuck. I don't... God, how did I not include her in a female performance either? I know. It's a fucking head scratcher. Yeah. She made my list. I should have. I should have spent some more time on that category. I think. Yeah, you missed two. I missed two. Yeah, you're, you're underappreciating female performances. You're 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 uh, blinded by the the statuettes. Yeah, of, exactly. By the nom- Oscar nominations. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, we're here at the last award of the evening, and it's the correct last award that should be given out in an award show. We're looking at you, twenty twenty Oscars. Yeah. We're a year removed, but we haven't forgotten. Yeah. That was whack. Favorite film of the year. Sam, you and I shared a winner last year. Mm-hmm. We sure did. As Palm Springs. Brilliant movie. Yeah. Which people should watch if they haven't seen it. It's on Prime. I wonder if we're going to share the same winner this God, year. God, I am just shaking in anticipation. I'm trying on, to figure out if we share this movie. I'm on pins and needles. Yeah. Sam, what are your five nominees for favorite film of the year? Uh, in alphabetical order, so as to not tip my hand yes. as to what the favorite is. Uh, Belfast, Bo Burnham Inside, Coda, Dune, Spider-Man No Way Home. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> What's the hesitation? Uh, well, I have a question. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to ask it now before I reveal my nominees. Don't need a placement if it's even. Would King Richard have made your top ten? Uh, yeah, I actually uh, went back after I put it at number eight. Eight. Okay. Cool. I just want I we I didn't even know you watched it, so I'm yeah kind of really excited to kind of talk about it with you. No, I uh, I uh, I have it behind West Side Story, but above Power of the Dog. Okay. Cool. So that what did, what was your ten? What got bumped? Uh, Black Widow. Oh damn! That's probably why I missed Yelena. I was just looking at my top ten. <laughs> Uh, my nominees for favorite film of the year are Coda, Dune, King Richard, Spider-Man No Way Home, and West Side Story. I forgot to mention, because um, I, I, I didn't have these spaced out, because I should have spaces between my things. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I shared uh, our favorite film of the year, as did the PFGs. Oh, yes. So yes. we have our PFGs, the award given out by our past and future guests. Yeah. It, I believe we do factor into the scoring for that as we well. Do. We yes. do, yeah. But yeah. Uh, sort of the podcast group chat yep. uh, decides on a Best Picture nom. And the last year, yeah, my pick for Best Picture, your pick for Best Picture, and the PFG pick yep. was all Palm Springs. All Palm Springs. Um, Sam, what one favorite film of the year? In the most anticipated nail-biting race of the night. No, it was Coda by a landslide. Yes. And it wasn't close. Yeah. Uh, Coda for me as well. Uh, we shared uh, We shared winners yet again. Uh, easy pick. There's a reason. I mean, we 
talked about it last week, but we said if Coda won Best Picture, we would record an episode on it. Hence why we're recording an episode yeah, on it. We're recording three episodes today. Yeah, we're recording yeah. three for the first time ever. We're recording three episodes yeah. today, and which looks like we're we're doing okay for time. I, I was very ambitious, thinking we were going to be done soon, but that's a but yeah. We're we're fine. We're we'll fine. Be good. Um, uh, I had another question, and now it has slipped me. Damn it! Oh well. Fuck. What was it about? Oh. Coda was a landslide winner for you and I. Mm-hmm. Palm Springs landslide winner for you last year? Yes. Yeah, same. Yeah. Year before was eighth grade for you, uh-huh. if I'm not mistaken, or would have been Avengers Endgame? Uh, Avengers Endgame, which was not a landslide winner. My okay. top four that year was very close. Yeah, my number two might have been Booksmart, 1917 and Parasite. I think those were my top four off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I had Endgame, Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Marriage Story. Okay, yeah, Jojo Rabbit would have been close because both of those films made your top ten of the decade. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So back-to-back landslides then. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, PFG's nominees for favorite film of the year are Belfast, Bo Burnham Inside, Coda, Dune, and Spider-Man no way home are those are the same five as yours they're the exact same nominees that is ridiculous i know i love it <laughs> the, the group chat has good taste in movies what yeah can I, say? I disagree <laughs> um for the pfgs out there uh and for the listeners out there uh they don't know the results of this nor do i and nor does sam although i have a pretty good guess yeah just like last year the pfgs have agreed with sam and i coda is their favorite film of the year. I would love for a situation to arise. Again, I do, the scoring system is very hush-hush here. Yes, Man, it is. Manny has his own uh, spreadsheet, I believe, that he uses to calculate yeah. this whole thing. Um, but I have to imagine the fact that him and I both have Coda as our favorite probably weighed in heavily to this. I would be curious to see a result where you and I share a movie and it is not Oof. also the PFG pick. Hold on. Sorry about that. I had a little uh, technical difficulties there. Um, yeah, it will be interesting to see on a year that you and I differ how different the PFGs are. Yeah, I have to imagine that any year that we share a pick, though, it would have to be the PFG pick. But, well, if I'm... you want to give me a second, yeah. what I could do to reveal something different is I could take out our scores Ooh. and see who ends up winning. That would be fine. Okay, give me one quick second here. Yeah. Let's do this. I need you to riff a little. Yeah, I'm not quite sure where to go from here other than to say uh, that's basically it for uh, for the fifth annual Sampas. Uh, it was a, a, another pretty successful year. I am definitely a little bit bummed of uh, omitting a few, but that'll happen every year. Uh, every year, I feel like there's at least one person that we leave out. Manny, you look absolutely shocked at something, and I cannot wait for you to... Uh... <laughs> For you to come back here. Okay. So I'm going to try and do this the best I can looking at my spreadsheet. So one, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. All right. Here are the new nominees for favorite film of the year for the PFGs. Omitting me. Omitting your, yours and I score and, and actually (coughs) including T-Bones late edition because i put it in there all right see if i can do these alphabetically uh hold on i need to get this (laughs) it's not so easy to alphabetize on the spot is it no i it's just that i have to i have 
things highlighted that were ours and <laughs> that aren't part of the new ones. All right, here we go. The nominees for favorite film, PFG's no hosts included, are <laughs> Bo Burnham, Inside, Coda, Dune, The Last Duel, and Spider-Man, No Way Home. So take out Belfast, put in The Last Duel. Yep. Which I haven't seen. And the winner for favorite film from the PFG's no hosts included is... Coda. Yeah. And Spider-Man oh, No Way Home. a tie. Yep. <laughs> now, look, but we put it over the top. But looking at what would most likely be a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. First place votes. Yep. Spider-Man No Way Home. Really? Is your winner. Wow. That's a good thing we're here to write the ship. But. <laughs> but. Coda appears on all ballots. Well, Spider-Man No Way Home does not. That's interesting. Who is missing Spider-Man No Way Home? Rachel. Really? Yep. Did she see it? No idea. Oh, okay. She doesn't like the MCU. I guess. <clears throat> okay, now I gotta do all this. I gotta put. <laughs> you gotta I, undo all your results. Yeah. Undo, undo, and there we go. Perfect. There. I don't know if was that, that was worth the wait, but it happened. And I, it was, was worth the wait for me. Yeah. It was worth the wait cool. for me. Cool. And I bet I bet you from what we've got the feedback. Uh, West like that, right? Because he had Coda quite low, right? No, because uh, he loves statistics. Oh yeah, that's right. He just <laughs> said that the other day in the chat. Yeah, shout out to West. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to West. <coughs> Sam, that wraps up this year's Sampas. What a year it was. Fun as always. Some some big wins, some disappointments, some yeah. heartbreak, some controversial moments. Just like any good award show has. But it was uh, the fifth installment, a very successful one in my opinion. Sam. Were we over three and a half shared winners? No, we were way <laughs> under. I I really thought Coda would uh, would elevate us. If I had known that you were omitting the acting categories, I probably would have. Uh, I probably would have chosen the under. Are we at two then? I think we're at two, because we had the same dram. No, same comedic scene. Same comedic scene. We had the same comedic. Scene. Same comedic scene and same favorite film. Yeah, that's two. right. All right, so two. Sam, what's going on next week? Next week we're returning, Manny. Uh, off of our hiatus from our 1993 miniseries, yep. we're continuing with the Razzie Award winner yeah. from that year, An Indecent Proposal. Yeah. Which, Sam, I, I, I've I, seen once mm-hmm. back then, and I don't remember it being that bad. Yeah, I was, like I was shocked. I have never seen An Indecent Proposal, but I have heard of it. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, it has never been in the context of it being like a terrible movie. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, I was really surprised to learn that this had won the Razzie that year. I just won. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, we've we've talked about I think a couple of Razzie winners now. Um, what else was there? There was uh, the Color of Night. I guess this is probably only the second Razzie Award winner that we've uh, managed to cover. Correct. But I mean, the Color of Night was a bad movie, and when we watched it, we were like, "Yeah, that's that's a terrible movie, all right." And we had a lot of fun shitting on it. Okay, so there's obviously there are five worst picture nominees. Mm-hmm. Um. Indecent Proposal, the winner. Body of Evidence, Cliffhanger, Last Action Hero, and Sliver. Last now, Action Hero, I've heard, is uh, pretty good, actually. It's ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh, back then, Last Action Hero being on that list, worthy. Hmm. It was too far ahead of its time. Nowadays, everyone would be like, oh, they just they do this now. They just do it better. Because hmm. it's, it's 
very meta. Okay. Like, and back then there was, there was no meta. Mm. <laughs> um, Cliffhanger shouldn't be on this list. I've heard good things. Cliffhanger is a very fun action movie. A coworker of mine actually recommended Cliffhanger to me, and I've yet to check it out. Uh, its opening scene alone is worth watching for. It's it's fucking awesome. So, of the ones on there, is, is uh, Indecent Proposal potentially the worst? No. Body of Evidence and Sliver are bad fucking movies. atrocious. Huh. Yeah. Like, I rewatched Sliver, and it is b- 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 bad. I kind of want to watch Body of Evidence now because then I, I'm, I'm going to add it to my you list You would watch quickly. all of the Razzie nominees? Yeah. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. I'll see if I can squeeze it in before, before next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, next week, Indecent Proposal, uh, Razzie Award winner. I'm really excited because I haven't seen this movie in, what are we looking at, 29 years? Mm-hmm. <coughs> so uh, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be an enjoyable rewatch. And we always have fun with movies that are uh, less than spectacular. Mm-hmm. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you give us a five-star rating and a positive review, it does increase the profile of our podcast. allows more people to find us. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sam underscore Manny underscore movie. You can follow us on Letterboxd at uh, Manny42 and Sam Reimer. You can email us at sammannymoviepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at the Samuel Emanuel Movie Podcast. For the Samuel Emanuel Movie Podcast, I'm Manny Manuel. I've looked at life from both sides now. I'm Sam Reimer. Adios!